we're asking ourselves really small questions, questions that hold us in this box, that keep us in our comfort zone. And we don't even realize it. I'm not saying that to blame anyone because I've been doing it too. But we, we need to start asking ourselves questions that radically change our thinking. What is up, sweet, beautiful friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Life Coach Baker podcast, where we talk about all things goal setting, perfectionism, healthy productivity, and how to live an imperfectly full life in the 21st century. I'm your host now and always, Nicole Baker, and no, your ears did not deceive you. We've got a new intro. What is up, sweet, beautiful friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Life Coach Baker podcast, where we talk about all things goal setting, perfectionism, healthy productivity, and how to live an imperfectly full life in the 21st century. I'm your host now and always, Nicole Baker, and no, your ears did not deceive you. We've got a new intro. Let me know what you think. It was the perfect time, that new year, fresh start for a new year, fresh intro, if you know what I mean. But we've got a lot to talk about today, so let's go ahead and dive into it. First and foremost, I hope you had a beautiful holiday season, or if you're having a beautiful holiday season, by the time you're listening to this, I'm still going to be on my break. I am so excited. I have a lot of resting and playing video games to do with my fiance, so I'm very excited. Um, And if you are coming back from your break, and if you are diving back into things, I hope you're coming back feeling refreshed, feeling rejuvenated, feeling filled up because so often during the holiday season, we can just get drained and drained and drained. And then we come back and we're like, wow, I need a vacation from my vacation. And I just, I don't, no, no, no. If you are feeling like you're on the track for that, please go back and listen to some of the previous episodes because those are just going to help that feeling quite a lot. But that's not where we're talking about today. We're talking about how it's the end of the year. We have four days, three days, four days, three or four days left in December. And then we're back, not back, we're into January 2023. And this amazing thing seems to happen this time of year. Perfectionists tend to look at all the things you didn't get done, all the goals that you set and you didn't achieve. You beat yourself up for not being further ahead. You feel like you should be in a different place. And it's just like all this focus on what you're not rather than what has happened. And I'm going to be honest with you. I have done so much work on myself. I've been in this industry for almost 29 years because I'm turning 29 in January. I had to just do the math to make sure I was actually 29. I am currently 28. I'm turning 29 in January. There we go. I've been doing this work on myself for that amount of time, basically. I've been in this industry for that amount of time. And I know the tools. I know the exact things that you need to do to get out of one of these spirals of I'm not enough. Here's all the things I didn't do. I should be further ahead, yada, yada, yada. But I'll be super frank with you all. Um, about a week ago, maybe a little bit more, I had a mega spiral in one of these. I was leaving a networking meeting and to be honest, the networking meeting was phenomenal. I was already kind of in a funk that morning, that morning, that morning and feeling really down on myself, feeling like 
I, I just, I'm, I'm not doing enough or I wasn't further ahead enough and um, frustrated because it feels like, you know, I'm looking at all the reasons why I'm screaming into the void, which is so not true. I've built this incredible community and I was able to shove it down <laughs> for an hour um, at this networking meeting, which was awesome. People were like getting up and getting vulnerable. And I was like near to tears that entire meeting just because I was surrounded by all these people letting their walls down, letting down, like, you know, sharing their most limiting beliefs, because that was the question when you first like, hi, my name's Nicole Baker. My limiting belief is blank. And I'm like shaking in this meeting. And I'll be honest with you. I did not let my walls down. I kept them up because I was terrified that if I let them down, um, there was, there was no turning back. And I just didn't want that kind of attention during the meeting. And I, there was a part of me like afterward, I was like, you should have let your walls down. You should have been vulnerable. And I was like, no, that was a, that was a kind of vulnerability that I didn't want to go down. Um, and I got in my car and the walls just came down. Um, not even came down. They, they crumbled, they crumbled down. It was one of those, like, I couldn't keep it in anymore. And so I called my mom, the person who I call when I'm in one of these spirals. Thank you, mom, for being my number one tier listener. (laughs) But I called her and I was just like, uh, I, I suck everything's not working. I should be further ahead. I can't believe this, like, you know, my business is here and I want it to be here. And, um, you know, like I personally want to be playing at this level and I feel like I'm really, really small. And to her immense credit, um, she listened and she said, I hope you know that none of this is true, but I understand that this is what you're telling yourself right now. And your feelings are valid. And I just want to shout shout out to that woman because that was a very well done way of handling that conversation um, where it still validated how I was feeling, but it was also very much like, we hope, I hope you know your bullshit right now. <laughs> like, I hope you know that's real. Um, it works very well for me. It might not work for others. But after my big breakdown cry to her, um, where I was just playing this big pity party, playing this big, um, I'm not enough, I'm not enough, I'm not enough, which to be honest, is not a bad thing. We say the word pity party and everyone's like, I'm a pity party. I'm I'm a big believer that we need to throw ourselves a pity party sometimes. And there should be no shame around that. And I'm still working on that myself, but I'm going to preach the good word if I possibly can. So maybe that impacts some of you as well. But After that, I was like, okay, I have two things I need to finish up for work. I can get those done real fast. Just like those were things that were urgent and needed to happen, but nothing else needs to happen today. So I cleared my schedule. I drew a bath. I made myself some horchata hot chocolate and it was delicious. I lit some candles and I just like soaked and I watched The Long Night from Game of Thrones because that's what I do to relax. I watch 90-minute battle sequences with zombies. Wonderful, Nicole. Um, but I, I let myself just like lay there and cry. I let myself just lay there and just and feel that heaviness and just like really not shove it away, not shame it away, not should it away. 
instead of just let it be there and let myself identify that I was feeling it. And I'll tell you this, this is very new to me. I, for many, many years shoved negative emotions aside because I believe that they were, they made me weak. They made me not enough. I should be happy all the time. Um, I should be motivated all the time. And that really didn't serve me very well. I numbed myself a lot, um, which uh, both numbed the bad, uh, but also really numbed the good stuff as well. Um, But the next day, my eyes all puffy and whatnot. I have this little like actually mask. um, And I recommend anyone who just has, you know, I won't say regular, but regular enough crying fits to get it, especially empaths who just can't hold those feelings inside and they just need to like cry them out. Um, I have this little mask that I put in the freezer and it's like, I mean, it looks like a, like a, like a, a fighting mask, uh, what are the, like a little wrestling mask. And, um, it, it covers down to my cheeks and all the way up to my forehead. And it's just like ice because it's in the freezer. Um, but doing that at night, it, it soothes my eyes because I have huge, huge eyes. And I don't say that as a diss. I love my eyes. Um, but when I cry, they get really swollen and really red and really uncomfortable. And so, um, having that little mask has helped me so much. So highly recommend if you want one of those, I think I just got that on Amazon. It was nothing fancy. Um, but the next morning, my eyes nice and cooled down a little still puffy, but I realized that I wasn't feeling sorry for myself anymore. I woke up refreshed, actually. I woke up not feeling like I was in victim mode anymore. And again, I say that with no shame around the word victim mode, please. Um, and I I realized the reason that I felt that like release and just like, oh, okay, like fresh day, fresh start was because I actually let myself feel the shitty feelings the day before. And that morning I was like, okay, it's time for me to do my year in review. Cause right now I'm looking at all the shit I didn't do. And this exercise, I know curates my brain so that I look at all the things that I did do this year and all the things I'm setting myself up for the next year. Um, and so I made a date with my good old, good old friend, and she's actually been on the podcast shout to you, Amber Alexis, and her and I made a date to go sit on a rooftop in this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful downtown hotel and go and do our year in reviews together. And now a little bit of backstory. I, like I've mentioned, I've grown up in a family very heavily immersed in the personal development world. I've been doing some fashion, some form of fashion of a year in review exercise for years. We would always um, go over to our family friend's house and do vision boards together. We'd cut out the magazines, all that good stuff. But it wasn't until I started really diving into the deeper year-end review stuff beyond the vision boards, which I love, don't get me wrong, but um, I love these questions as well. And I'll be honest with you, I got overwhelmed. They were spreadsheets. They were four-hour-long questions, and I just never made the time for it. And then I tried to like... um, section them off and it just never felt deep or powerful. And I would end the session with my hand like cramped. And I was looking at all my new year's goals with, which were just like astronomically high. I felt stressed. I felt pressured and hello, I'm a recovering perfectionist. Nice to meet you. But I was really in this, I I cannot do this again. I do not want to have this happen again. So about two years ago, I started doing my own 
version of this year in review exercise. And this past year, I completely revamped it. I changed up some of the questions so that they're more geared towards strengths of our perfectionist brain. So they're more expansive rather than small. Um, and I decided to share that year in review with my friend, Amber, and her and I both sat on the rooftop. And an hour later, it was done and we both were like glowing. So before I dive into what I learned in my year in review, what I learned during this five-step process, I want to tell you that you can access these questions plus a guided video explaining how these benefit our brain, how they're beneficial to both our past year and our future year, which deepens this impact, by the way. Um, plus you also get a breakdown of how to create a vision board. There's an exercise that I've created that goes along with it that makes it so much more personal to you. Plus my guided visualization practice to truly make this year that year that you step into that full life that you know you're meant to live. And this is all in the ultimate new year bundle. You heard about it at the top of the episode, but I'm going to mention it here again. In this new year bundle, you receive all three of those exercises, the year in review questions, the vision board breakdown, and the guided visualization all for $23. And you can get it literally immediately in your inbox by going to lifecoachbaker.com. But I was like, it is time. We need to do this year in review question. And so we went ahead and dived in, which by the way, I actually have shared this with my clients because all my one-on-one clients get all of my course library as part of the coaching program. Um, And they have all said it is the most powerful end of the year exercise they've ever done. And just so you know, these are not exercises to help you create New Year's resolutions. I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. (laughs) I think that they are this like thing we've bought into, but they all die out. Ninety. There's a study that was 95% of New Year's resolutions die by February. And that just like is a goal setter, science, science setter, studier, which is my official title, apparently. That's my nightmare. So um, this is not for New Year's resolutions. This is setting up goals to help you become that type of person that you want to be. We do not set goals and achieve them just to check them off a box, at least intentionally. We do that now because we're a world that's obsessed with being busy, but we don't intentionally set goals just to check them off of a box. We could become robots when we do that, and it doesn't fill us up. So all three of these exercises, the again, the year in review questions, the vision board breakdown, and the guided visualization are all here to help you identify clearly who that person is that you want to become and set you up to be them to help you step into their mindset, their attitude, their big, bold, imperfect action. And all of this is implemented immediately, not when you achieve a certain goal, because a lot of people think, oh, when I achieve X, Y, or Z, I'll become this type of person. And in actuality, it works the other way around. So all of these exercises are geared towards switching that narrative. So again, you can access all three of these exercises for $23. Again, get it at 23, 2023. I'm a genius by going to coachbaker.com forward slash new year. You can also get the link in the show notes. So today, like I said, I want to dive into my year in review. This is what I learned from doing this exercise on that rooftop in the sun in the downtown Denver. And I'll be honest with you. Whenever I do this exercise, sometimes I'm like, oh, I know what I'm going to get out of this. And I never, ever, I never 
Um, yet just that I get like that surface level stuff. And then we go really, really deep and I'm like, holy shit, I didn't know that's what was going to happen in this. So, um, I'm really excited to share this with you all. These are five things that I learned from doing this exercise. And I'm going to pull one thing from each of the five questions. So number one, let's go ahead and dive in. Um, I did a lot of cool shit this year that I just totally forgot about. (laughs) Again, when I was in my meltdown, I was focusing on all the things that I wasn't doing or all the things I hadn't done yet. And what we focus on, we create more of, right? So in this very first question, I go back and I look at my photos, my calendar, my um, social media. I mean, like anything that is kind of like a comprehensive, this is where I tend to share things, where I tend to put things. Journal is another great place. Um and I was like, oh my God, I, I didn't realize that where I was in January was January of this year. So if you know what I mean, like we, we go back into January and it's like, wow, I actually started the year there. I've come so flipping far and I completely forgot about it because I was so future focused. And I love this question because First of all, it hits that pride button that we so rarely hit in our brain. And I was thinking, okay, you know, like when I do this, I'll maybe have like a page, maybe two. I have like four pages of just like, oh, this happened and this happened and this happened. Oh my God, I did this. And I was really proud. I was so unbelievably proud. And I'll be straight with you all. When I, you know, look back at the beginning, especially the first quarter of this year, it was not a good year. It was not a good first quarter for me. I was really struggling on some things in my business. I had to do a huge shedding of a lot of identities, a lot of beliefs, and thank God I did it, but it was ugly. Um, And I also had to do a lot of shedding on some things that were going through my mental health. I was in a really dark place. My relationship was not in the best of places that it's been. Thank God we held each other's arms and just crawled through the mud with it. And we're in such a much better place now. Um, by the way, Brett is going to be coming on the show recently, recently, Brett's going to be coming on the show soon. And, um, we're going to kind of open up and talk about, um, what our relationship is like, especially being too perfectionist, especially being too perfectionist, planning a wedding. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited. He's, he's jazzed to come on the show. Um, I've been trying to get him on the show for years, by the way, and he's finally ready. So celebrate him. I'm so proud of him. Um, but when I think about that beginning of the year, I think darkness, I think, um, small, I think, um, sadness, crying, lots and lots of crying. That little mask came in very handy at the beginning of this year. Let me tell you. But then I went through my photos and I went through my journal and I went through my calendar and I was like, holy shit, I did so many things that I am so proud of. And some of those things were like things I accomplished, yada, yada, yada. And some of those things were shedding those beliefs, stepping into a bigger mindset. Like I am so proud of that. And I wasn't focusing on it. Again, what we focus on, we create more of. And I was focusing on all the things that weren't going right. So that's the first thing I learned is that yet again, I learned this um, freaking message. We we do not give ourselves enough credit. And actually in... um Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss, which maybe someday I'll start, I'll stop talking about that that book every single episode, but today's not the day. Um, 
he talks about, there's an entire chapter actually devoted to something called a jar of awesome. And it's basically just a jar where you write down little things that happened that day that you're grateful for. And sometimes that can be a little bit bigger, like, oh, I landed a big client or, um, you know, I, um, I was on a cover of a magazine. That was one of my recent ones. But, um, sometimes it's also like, I didn't die today. (laughs) I, you know, um, I stayed, stayed true to my mission, even when shit was hard. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's really humbling you to just kind of think bigger. So, um, I actually started a, uh, it's not a jar of awesome. It's a box of awesome. I have this little box that has gratitude on it. Um, and it's on my bookshelf and I'm staring at it right now. Hello. Number two. Um, I think it's equally important to look back on what went well, this past year, as well as think about what are we wanting to release and not bring into the next year. Um, we so often, we're going to talk about this so in depth next episode, but um, we so often think, okay, what do I want to add? What do I want to add? What habits, what, um, you know, what books do I want to read? What uh, businesses do I want to start? All these different things. And to be honest, sometimes we stuff, stuff, stuff. Cause again, we're a society that is obsessed with being busy and it can get exhausting, too exhausting. And I think it's equally important, if not more important to look at what do I not want to bring with me? What do I want to peacefully say goodbye? You're great, but ta-ta. And normally I have when I do this question, I have a huge long list of what I'm not wanting to bring in. And this year I had one, I ended up adding more later, but when I was physically doing this exercise, I I just had one and it, it was holding my partner to, uh, how do I even phrase it? Um, let me phrase it this way. I want to go into 2023 in a partnership. Working on how I show up as that partner is extremely important to me, which means one of the biggest things I have to let go of is the standards that I hold my partner to. And yes, I hear the irony in it. And we have talked about the the dramatic irony in the fact that I'm literally a coach for perfectionists. I hold my my clients to the standard of the person that they want to become, but that also doesn't mean I give them grace. And um, one of the things I was doing with Brett was holding him to this perfect partner standard. And what that did is as a result, I was just making myself miserable because I was only looking at the shit he was doing quote unquote wrong. Um, and I was making him feel like he was never going to be enough. And that just like kills me. Um, and please forgive me. This is me being very vulnerable. So I'm struggling to find words, but, um, you know, I think it's important to not show just like that relationships are all hunky dory. And I was actually just talking about this with my friends. Like, you know, we see these people, you know, getting engaged and we think like, oh, it's, just absolutely smooth sailing. They never fight. They never have any, any worries. And well, I don't know if I'd even say that Brett and I have fought ever because we just do not raise our voices to each other. And maybe that's just my definition of fighting, but, um, 
we've definitely had difficult conversations, but the thing that I have realized this past year is that each and every one of those conversations had let us, I won't even speak for him, has let me understand on a deeper level, okay, this is why I am making myself this am I making this so much difficult, more difficult for for our relationship for me. So um I'm I'm so excited because it actually has been kind of a a increasingly more gradual um letting go of that, catching myself saying, okay, is this actually like the standard I'm holding him to, or am I making up a story in my head? What's going on? And um the amazing thing is is that since I started catching myself on it, since I started releasing that and letting it go, we have been unbelievably happier. Things have been lighter. Things have been easier. And I, I'm so grateful for that. And I can't wait to continue that growth. Now, I'm not saying he doesn't have things to grow on too. And again, he'll be coming on the show soon and maybe we'll, we'll dive into that, but it depends on both of our comfort levels. But, um, but I, I wanted to share that this is what I'm really wanting to focus on letting go of. And no, it's not business related. I do have some business related things. And again, we'll go into that more next week. But this this one was really personal because 2023 is a very big year for my relationship. I'm getting married, you know, I'm expanding that family in a very permanent and exciting and beautiful way. And I cannot wait. And um, the thing I do ask of you all is, you know, when we hear this, when we hear about people not going right in relationships, um, we're kind of conditioned because of rom-coms, because of the notebook and stuff like that. We're conditioned to see that and be like, oh, well, they shouldn't be together or anything like that. And I want to completely debunk that because I think that partners who grow together means that you have to crawl through the mud sometimes. Growth is not pretty. And especially when you're two people growing together, it is not pretty. It's really not pretty, but it leads to beauty. It leads to so much. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm really excited for going into next year. But it does mean I have to let go of that standard I'm holding him to because it's impossible. And it's making both of us not show up as the person we want to be in the relationship. Ah, Being vulnerable. That's another thing I'm the fear of being vulnerable is another thing I'm letting go of in the year of 2023. But again, we're getting into that next week. I'm getting ahead of myself. Number three, um, I think it's so important in addition to looking back on your year to look forward on the next year and say, what do I want to create? If I am in a beer hall and I'm playing darts, yes, this took a turn. Um, <laughs> If I'm playing darts and there's no dartboard, I'm just throwing darts at the wall. Meaningless. It makes no sense. I don't know how I'm moving forward. I don't know if I'm getting closer to the bullseye because there's just no dartboard on the wall. But if I put a dartboard on the wall, I know what I'm aiming for. I'm aiming for that bullseye, right? Writing out what you want your next year to look like is literally just putting the dartboard back on the wall. A lot of people write their new year, and this is, again, why I made this ultimate new year bundles specifically for perfectionists. Cause I think this question is very slippery slope for a lot of perfectionists. But, um, when we're looking at the next year, we seem to think, okay, that's the standard. That's the bottom line. That's the expectation. When in actuality, it's just putting a dartboard back on the wall. It's saying, okay, am I making it closer to that, to that bullseye? If I am, that's progress. That's 
that's growth. That's worthy of celebration. And, um, again, our brain is, our, our brain is just programmed to answer questions. So if I'm saying like, what do I want to create next year? Our brain is going to immediately start thinking about, oh, what am I going to create next year? And so when I went down to sit the, when I sat down to do this question, I kind of had an idea of like, oh, okay, I know what I'm going to say. Um, I'm going to say this, this, and this. And I pre-planned it like a little recovering perfectionist that I am. And then I put pen to paper and I put like my, my music in that just like helps me zero out any noise. And I started writing and oh, another, it was like another spirit took over my body. <laughs> and instead it was like the floodgates opened. I saw this community growing massively, doing more speaking opportunities, which I'm really excited. That's already majorly underway, especially for January and February. Hooray. Um, but like, I just saw a life, a business that was so much bigger than what I had been quote unquote practicing in my head. And we sometimes forget that we're allowed to dream big. We sometimes forget that fearlessly we should be able to say our goals without like fear of others, because as perfectionists, the second we think we're going to say our goals, we think, okay, everyone's going to hold me to that standard, or now I have to get it done. And sometimes for people that's motivational, but for perfectionists, I don't think so. It's, it's pressure, it's stress because you have to do it now and it sucks the fun and the joy out of it. So, um, I'm excited to share that with no, um, stress or pressure, but truly just joy and excitement to see where this grows. And, you know, sometimes I have to catch myself. I'm a human, but, um, I'm, I'm just, I'm really excited. So the thing I learned from that third question is just like, if you practice, um, just expect it to all go out the window and just, and like, let your, your gut guide you, especially when it comes to dreaming. We so often try to think, our dreams when in actuality we need to be pulled towards them. And that was a really cool lesson to learn in real time. Um, number four, the thing I learned from the question number four was I had been asking myself really small questions. Again, the brain is programmed to answer questions. We've talked about this on a, a bit on the podcast in previous episodes and even in this episode, but our brain is programmed to, like, if I asked you, um, what color is the sky? You're going to immediately think blue. What's your first name? Probably going to think of your first name. What was the street you grew up on? Um, and sometimes we're asking, not sometimes, normally we're asking ourselves really small questions, Questions that hold us in this box, that keep us in our comfort zone. And we don't even realize it. I'm not saying that to blame anyone because I've been doing it too. But we we need to start asking ourselves questions that radically change our thinking. And so this was one of the ones that I added this year um, in addition to another one. But actually, I think I changed all of them in some form or fashion. But these are two that I completely changed. Um but I added this question because I was ready for our brains to start radically thinking differently. And um, I, I started thinking about like, okay, like outside the box thinking, what is that going to look like? And um, it, it was so wild. Like even like I asked the question and Amber and I both wrote it down and we kind of shared this look of like, holy shit, we've been asking ourselves shit questions. We had been asking ourselves questions that were that were keeping us stuck, playing small. And instead, we started asking ourselves, you know, this bigger question. And we wrote stuff down and we were like, oh, my God, 
what if we did this? What if we did that? Oh my gosh, we could do this, this, and this. And it was like, I I started thinking about what was a way I could achieve that life that I was just writing about in that previous question, but with only outside the box thinking. And it activated my brain in just this entirely new way. And so what I learned from this question, not only did I learn at least five things that I want to do that are just things I never would have thought of if I hadn't asked this question, but I also learned that when I'm asking myself small questions, I'm thinking small, I'm playing small. And I don't say that as shame. Again, I'm not saying that I'm more saying it as data. And I love that I caught myself doing this because now it's like, oh, you know, I can make those two degree shifts. I can ask those better questions that my brain is designed to answer. So again, I know I'm being a little cryptic here, but it's because I don't really have enough time to go fully into this question because it was just so big. But um, start asking yourself bigger questions. How can you think outside the box? How can you, you step into that bigger power that we know we are capable of doing. Seriously. I can get very heated. Last but not least, number five. I I think it's equally important. And I'll say this for the upteenth time. Apparently this is a five-way equal split, but it's equally important to look back on what happened this year. Look at what you don't want to bring into the next year. Look at what you want to create next year. Look at how you're going to achieve that only in bigger ways of thinking, and then do something with it. I, there is no results and I'm not talking about results and like checking things off a list. I'm talking about results and becoming that person you want to be without taking action. And so by diving into what does that look like, um, in those bigger ways of thinking, it was then, okay, now which one do I want to start with? Where do I want to go? Putting it in my calendar, breaking it down into smaller action steps. So often. We as perfectionists think, okay, you know, I'm here at level zero. My goal, which is huge and insanely big, I want to be a multimillionaire. Let's say that's the goal. Um, That's not insanely big. Let's say a multi-billionaire. <laughs> Let's go there. I want to be a multi-billionaire. That's like at level 100. And so often we're like, okay, well, how do I get there? How do I get to level 100? And our brains completely skip steps two through 99. And so one of the things I love about this question is it's instead of looking at level 100, it's saying, okay, that's where I'm heading. What's step one? What's that first step? Breaking it down. How do I get there? What can I do? And by the way, this diminishes the overwhelm. It it literally takes overwhelm out of our brain so we don't hit it, which by the way, overwhelm is the number one reason we procrastinate. So I don't want to leave people high and dry in these questions. And that's why I have this one very much in place. This is, by the way, the second one I added this year. Um, but I I wanted to get that really like clear. So you felt propelled into the next year. And the thing I learned from this is that my goals, that huge, big 100 level goals are so much more doable than I freaking thought. <laughs> like, if, you know, when we have these like daydreams and we glorify them, it's like, oh, maybe someday, you know, it's a little bit bigger. But then I started breaking them down and I was like, um, actually I can do this. And that was really exciting. So those were the five things I learned from my year in review. 
Um, I still have yet to do my vision board, but I'm going to probably do that closer to maybe December 31st. Brett and I sometimes do um, New Year's Eve where we like watch something and we create our vision boards and we put them all together and all that good stuff. Um, I have a very specific exercise I do for vision boards though, because I was flipping tired of saying, I want to go on a beach vacation because that's what you should have on your vision board. And I'll put a little photo of Tahiti or whatever. And it just never felt um, connected. It always just felt very surface until I started doing this exercise. And then it was like very, very connected, very compelling. Um, so we do that now, which is really exciting. Uh, again, that whole breakdown of that exercise is in the New Year's Eve bundle. So, and the whole five questions I just went through, um, I basically said them all. So you can do this without the New Year's exercise, but we dive into what those questions are, how they impact your brain, other ways you can look at them. I give some examples to get your brain thinking and getting creative. So if you want to get the bundle, again, it's $23. My clients have said it's one of the best, best, best New Year's Eve things they've ever done. So um, I highly recommend checking it out. Again, link is in the show notes, lifecoachbaker.com forward slash new year. Let's do some quick segments and then we will wrap up this episode, which is the last episode of 2022. I'm ready. (laughs) I'm ready to say goodbye to this year in the most loving way. Um, Number one, goal to celebrate. I am taking almost two weeks off. And I I think first and foremost, this is the first time I've ever taken that large amount of time off in my business when I've been full-time. Um, actually, I think since I've started my business, I've never taken two full weeks off um, because I'll, I was mainly previous to this year when I really started diving into productivity. But in the previous years, I was terrified to because... Oh, how am I going to do that? What am I going to do? What are my clients going to say? Yada, yada, yada. And uh, first and foremost, my clients have been awesome. They were like, yeah, obviously we're taking that time off too. And I'm really proud of them because we've been working on that. Um, but uh, this is the first time I'm doing it and I'm not stressed. I'm not worried or anxious or feeling like I need to get everything done beforehand. Like I, I'm just, I'm feeling really in flow about it. And I'm, I'm, that's very new to me. And I'm really proud and excited because that just shows how much a working on my resting mindset, um, like my, my healing that guilt around resting and taking time off, um, working on my productivity and making sure I'm setting myself up for success. So I don't feel like I'm scrambling. It just really shows that how much that work can pay off in real time. And then number two, how was I imperfect this week? Um, to be honest, this is a family thing, so I'm not going to go into too much detail because it's not my not my story to share. But um, we got some amazing news recently, and it also came with some very bittersweet news. And um, basically, for 24 hours, it was like this swirling uh, cone of anger and excitement boiling together. And again, this this pulls back up to the beginning of the episode. I for for that time, I really let myself feel it and not half-ass feel it, by the way. I wasn't like, I'm going to feel it, but I'm also going to numb myself with work or social media or whatever. I was like, I'm going to truly let myself feel this. I would cry at the drop of a hat. There were a few moments where I had to just like go down in the fetal position and like kind of scream a little bit. It was like, I, I it was anger that like, I don't feel very often. And halfway through yesterday, I started feeling lighter. 
And just like, and this morning it's completely gone to the point where I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm able to really enjoy this, the, the awesome part of this news now and completely release the rest. And will another wave come? I don't know. But to be honest, I do not think I would have been able to feel this sheer peace with it, not fake peace. Like I've been faking in the past years. Again, I've been working on this a lot this year, really feeling and identifying those emotions. And, um, I don't think I would have been able to feel this light and excited and enjoy around this without having experienced that. I'll give you a little example of, of one of the things I did. Um, the previous morning when I was just, just shaking, shaking with these conflicting emotions, um, I was like, okay, fuck it. I need to do something. So I strapped on my shoes and I went to the treadmill at the gym. I put on angry running playlist. I kid you not. I just Googled or not Google. I Spotify searched um, angry running playlist. Those three words. There was the A, B, C, D, E, F, U song, but in parentheses, angrier. <laughs> Listen to that on repeat for like two miles. It's like sprinted. And it felt so good. I'm so not going to lie. Um, but again, just like feeling that and letting myself really like process that completely let it feel this lightness now. And I, I do not think that that is an accident. I think that is so connected. So, um, I'm really proud. I'm really proud of myself for, for balancing this bittersweet news and letting myself work through the emotions of it. And now feeling just like completely light and excited. So good stuff all around my sweet, beautiful friends. I love you. I adore you all. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend, share it on social and tag me at Life Coach Baker. I would love to give you a little virtual hug. Also, if you have not already, take a second, write that little five-star review in Apple Podcasts and in Spotify, or we're also on YouTube now. So go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel if you so enjoy watching podcasts. Enjoy that. Um, And you guys, I just absolutely love and adore you. This episode and this whole show is made possible because of the amazing Ariel Villavane. I love you. I adore you. This episode and the show would be impossible to do without you. She is my heart and soul. Thank you for producing and editing all of my um, looks. (laughs) Until next time, my sweet friend, I will talk to you soon. Bye.